It is Sunday evening, the 10th of May. It is actually quite a nice weekend uh, in this part of the world. We've been enjoying some lovely balmy weather this past week or so. And I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-hosts. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, Barry. And also, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, Barry. I noticed you didn't respond to my hello, Barry. <laughs> that would have, you know. Anyway, so the... Um, <laughs> No, no matters. <laughs> uh, we've got things to get to, lads. No time for chit-chat and small talk and pleasantries and all that. Impoliteness is the true pandemic. <laughs> it always has been and it always will be. Um, yeah. How are we doing, lads? How have you been enjoying this week? It's been quite warm. I've had a couple of days off the old work because um, uh, they made us take a few days off. Um, so I've, uh, well, like, you know, they were like, take some leave days, why don't you? So we're not, we're not all backlogged when the office is back is their rationale. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but anyway, uh, so, so I had some leave, but obviously, you know, I'm not exactly, uh, not exactly, uh, Got a busy, packed uh, social calendar, but you know I've been going for my walks. I've been in, I've been going to the um, the park and, and various other little trails around the city. Um, I tell you what happened to me on Saturday, though, lads. It was the sun was absolutely splitting the rocks. Right, it was a beautiful, yeah. beautiful day. And I went to the I went to the park. You know, I brought my book with me. Right, I went to the park and I was on my own. And I was like, right, I'm going to find a little bench in the park. It was busy. There was a lot of people there because, you no, know, of course it was. Um, but I found a little bench um, that I could sit at just for about you know twenty minutes, half hour, read my book, and and, and then head back home. My my daily outing. And so I sit there, and these benches here in People's Park in in the middle of Limerick, they are. Um, they're fairly small. You could probably fit two people on them, but you'd you'd want you'd want to be a couple because you're kind of on top of each other. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there. And I'm in, I mean, I, I, I should I, sat there hoping someone else comes along. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm sitting I'm sitting there, right? And I'm like, great. I'm in the shade here. I got my book. I sit down and I, and I start reading it. About ten minutes passed, and I see this fucking ancient owl fella come shuffling very slowly in my direction with a copy of the sun in his hands right (laughs) and i was in my head i was gearing up for the old all right now we're gonna have to have the awkward conversation where he says do you mind if i sit there and i have to go uh yeah i kind of do given the current circumstances blah 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 which i've had to do a couple of times i've you know when i go for a a walk or i go to hang out in the park Mm -hmm. There have been a few, and I hate doing it, but I'm right. I but every now and then I'm like, can you not? Can you do you mind backing up? Do you mind not doing that? Blah 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 blah. blah. Fella came up like I felt like a dickhead, but some fella came up to me giving me the oh mate, yeah, I need uh, money from uh, the bus, and I was like, oh, stay back, there, buddy. First of all, I've no change. Second of all, stay away. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this, but this alpha, he starts sauntering towards me, and like just sits down he doesn't even ask he just sits down and like and like to the point where we're nearly physically touching and i i I was like all right i guess i'll get up then and he goes what do you want the whole bench to yourself i went what like in normal circumstances i would have been like well kind of yeah it's not that big a bench 
But in in these in these current circumstances, I was like, "Are you serious? Do you not understand the reason why I would not want you sitting right next to me?" And he goes, "Ah, whatever." And he just started reading his paper, and I'm like, "All right, have a good day anyway." And I walked off. I was like, "What? Why are the oldest people the ones that are the most uncaring about these rules or these these you know fairly standard practices?" Um. So that annoyed me. That annoyed me on my lovely sunny day out, lads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about the peak of my week this year. Or the peak of my week this week. <laughs> also, it may also, it may also be the peak of the year. We had a lovely Friday off uh, this week to, of course, yeah, celebrate the um, end of the World War II, as you do, 75 years later. Ah, yes. Um, so that was good. People having uh, street parties. Why not? Nothing else going on to uh, put. Us, I put saw us that. Yeah, uh, didn't see any around, around my way, but then um, we're not mental in London, like most of the country. Um, so that was that was nice. Did use the opportunity. Very hot day. Use the opportunity to get the garden done. Uh, haven't mowed the lawn in about a month, and anyone with a lawn will know um, that it grows about eight feet a week. So um, leave it for a couple of weeks, and you can't see out the window. Um, so I've got a tiny little lawnmower still at the moment, which is not enough for our lawn. Luckily, very exciting news: I have ordered a new lawnmower uh, <sighs> tomorrow. Um, oh it's actually it's got a thirty-five litre uh, grass collection box, which uh, will be exciting to anyone who mm. you know doesn't lawnmowers. Uh, it's also got wheels on it, so it's not like a, one of those hover ones that you have to push around. It's actually got wheels on it, which hopefully. Make it a lot easier to, to mow the lawn next time, and I'll be putting it off uh, for less. So I'm very excited for that to come tomorrow and get get that out and play with it. Um, so that's kind of that's been the highlight of the week is the, is the lawn mower uh, excitement. Um, I mean, by play with it, do you mean mow, mow the lawn, or yeah, are you going to do something else? Well, I mean, I've just mowed it, so obviously it doesn't need mowing again. But I'll just push it up and down. <laughs> I'm just going to push it up and down. <laughs> Um, see how it moves, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a handle on it. Uh, that was fun. I also just had a Zoom call with some uh, friends of mine um, before we came on here, which was which was nice. I've spoken to them for a while. Um, it's the the only thing is, you know, we were using Zoom, and of course on Zoom you can change your background. So of course I was immediately on that. That was the only thing I was interested in was finding funny pictures to put as my uh, Zoom background. So doing all I can to kind of um, ruin the whole thing by acting the idiot. Um, but that was fun, yeah. except obviously, as I'm sure you'll agree, video calls, very stressful. <laughs> so after, after doing them all week for work, I just can't face staring at videos of people anymore. Um, I enjoy it when it's like watching television because they can't see you. Um, but when the people you're looking at can also see you, it's, it's a lot of work. I feel like you're mm. always on. I mean, so it's, it's nice, but I don't do too many of those. So I just, yeah, one occasionally is, is good enough. Um, yeah, but that's I don't the exciting do too many week. Off, tomorrow, off work tomorrow. Off for work. Sorry, I don't do too many generally. video calls, but um, I live in constant fear of accidentally starting a video call when I'm sat in my underwear. And so uh, I have to be very, very careful. About not clicking the wrong button in uh, Teams or Skype or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because you're always nude. 
<laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. Even just with like without a shirt on, because I'll I'll stay in bed for most of the morning. And I think, oh no, they're gonna see my little chest and that. Your little chest. Very unprofessional. Your little chest. Your little chest. What a prude. Sure <laughs> <laughs> look. Um yeah, I'm on holidays off work next week, which I'm looking forward to. I've not had any holidays in a while. Yeah. So just take the whole week off, so I'll be able to get a lot of TV in and movies and video games and the like. Mm. Unless the weather's nice, because then I'll feel too guilty if I stay inside and go, oh, it's too nice a day to be watching a movie today and I'll have to go out. Uh, as has been the case recently, I've often felt kind of the mood to watch a movie, and then when I look out the window, I say, nah, today you can't be watching movies on a day like this. Uh... Also, being off will allow me to watch that Money in the Bank tonight. Oh, oh God. Christ. Curious about, yeah, I'm curious. Bray Wyatt and fucking Braun Strowman. That's the one. Um, What else? Yeah, I went for a little walk. A little uh, couple of kilometers in the park. Uh, not like unlike Limerick, it was fairly quiet. Even though it was a really nice day, I think I went early enough that it wasn't full of people. Um, and that was quite nice. Then we had the barbecue out again. Had some chicken, which was nice on that, and a burger. And what else? Uh, Natty's birthday tomorrow. So happy Ooh. birthday for her! Ooh, happy birthday, Natty! Quarter of a century, baby! Yeah, she is an ancient, ancient twenty-five tomorrow. So, um, gave her one of her presents already, a little bit early. Uh, two kilos of gummy bears. <laughs> oh. So enjoy them. I have another little stupid one, um, hidden away that she'll get at midnight when she turns twenty-five. Is it? A, is it one of those really big gummy bears? <laughs> <laughs> Same weight as the other ones. It's like it's. It's a shame though. Sorry, go no, ahead, no, you go, go, go. I'll just say it's a shame that the birthday is kind of falling in this pandemic times where we, we can't go anywhere or do anything or I can't get her something a bit more like I can't go to a shop and get her something. I, I, like essentially it's it's a very limiting time for having birthdays. Yeah. But we're trying to make the best of yeah. it. Yeah. We're gonna watch uh, Lord of the Rings. Extended edition. Ooh. Decent. Starting tomorrow. Decent. Looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, we have had the little dog with us who's starting to get to like me now. He's letting me pet him on the head and that. Because he'd been kind of afraid of me up until pretty much until today. He's afraid of men with beards because he was not treated nice before. But he's doing well. And apparently he's going up for adoption tomorrow. So he'll be able to go off to a home where he can be treated nice forever. And that's pretty much it for, for my week. Lots of uh, lots of free time coming up, though, which I'm very happy about because I've been very tired lately and getting a bit sick of work. So I needed a bit of time off. Well, that's good. Any other news going on? What about on? you, Joe? No, no news for me. Other than the exciting uh, Lord Miller. 
That is exciting. I mean, it's pretty funny. I ordered a new microphone as well, by the way. As per Joe's advice. Yes, yeah. yes. I guess this one that I'm using currently is falling apart a bit. Um, the, the cables, for example, have like tape on them to keep them from falling out. And um, so I got, I think I got the same one as Joe. So I, I should start sounding real good. Uh, probably not next week or maybe even the week after because there's big delays mm -hmm. to post coming out and that, but probably by the end of May that will arrive and I can start testing it out. Nice. Um, I just figured I, you know, bu buying a new headset I probably would spend 30, 40 euro anyway, so what? spend a little bit more and get a good quality one that lasts me for a while. You know? Yeah, yeah, why not? I like that after 10 years we've managed to assemble some decent equipment sort of between us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just in time for every cunt in the world to launch their own podcast. Uh, ten years after us. Uh, I mean, for given how little investment has gone into this, I think we did pretty well. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, sound quality wise, and I mean, okay, there's a, a year or so of of episodes which are completely un unlistable, uh, Barry. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely, uh, absolutely, and. I mean, I, I remember at the beginning, I was using a Guitar Hero microphone in a mug. Uh, that was my microphone. So we've come a long way to, uh, yeah, finally buying a decent mic. Uh, so, looking forward to that. Yeah, so we can uh, jump on here anyway with our, our various topics. Uh, I, I have predominantly been watching telly this week. Um, right. I finished uh, in my ongoing rewatch. I finished season nine of The Simpsons. Oh, the end of the rewatch, so. Uh, well, that is the that is the point of do not continue any further. Yeah, you may be right because I was feeling pretty uh, pretty dour when I finished it. So, so to recap, I now I only started on season five because I I didn't really. I didn't want to. Um, I don't know why, because I don't have a problem with the early seasons. But I just said uh, I picked a random spot in the glory years to start. Um, so I like five, six, and seven are like ten out of ten. Three of the greatest seasons of television. Uh, hilarious, still hilarious to this day. Uh, quotable and just brilliant. And I love them so much. And I, I can't wait to loop back around to them uh, uh, very, very shortly. Season 8, obviously, is is kind of considered the beginning of the end, but Season 8 is like... It's like... just It's a little bit less funny than The, the Peak, which is still pretty damn good. Um, so I was kind of like... I would say like Season 8 is like an 8.5, or really, it's like a, like a 9. Like It's a really, really great season of TV anyway. And it still has some of the greatest episodes of the show in there. And then season nine, season nine is the one where it's like, okay, now here is, here is the drop. It actually, it really properly starts here um, because there's just tons and tons and tons of, of stuff that I'm just not that big on or like the good episodes that I remember well are like not really as good as I kind of remember them and stuff like that. Um, like the what you mentioned there last week, Paul. Girly edition uh, is terrible. I mean, that is a terrible. That's a terrible episode of The Simpsons. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Das Bus is like not terrible, but it's really kind of flat and dull. Um, Natural Born Kissers, the the season finale is 
really weak. Um, uh, lost our Lisa. All the the second half of the season in general is kind of is pretty weak. Um, all that stuff. And it, the thing about it is, it's not like that thing where it's like, oh, it feels like a completely different show. It's not like the later years, but it's. It's like, I can still recognize this as the same show. It's literally just a case. It's just not as funny as the previous uh, Mm -hmm. seasons were. And like, that's like, that's like a seven. If I may be being generous, it's like, it's now, it's now, it's just like an all right show. Um, So yeah, that was disappointing. And yeah, looking at the, looking at the rundown of of episodes in season 10, I was like, yeah, I might just loop back to the start here and start from season one. Because you've got the the Homer as the mayor's bodyguards. You've got the guard oh, stealing business. The uh, Homer oh. and, and Flanders get married to people in Vegas. Wow. Oh, that is good. Oh, these, these, these are the ones I remember from when I was a kid when I started thinking, yeah. actually, this is. These are good. What's up with this? Um, so. So yeah, so season nine, like not terrible, but 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 low end of the of the like significant low end of the scale for sure. So um, I will probably uh, 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 call it there. Um, I will say though, I will say though, episode one of season ten has my favorite Simpsons joke in it. What? Which which is a bit of a pain. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain where. I I only own the first nine seasons on on DVD. I would ne- I won't buy season ten, but I love in Lard of the Dance where the bullies are all sitting at the table, and Nelson is saying, "Now if the if the elderberries are too tart, I just sprinkle them with some confectioner sugar." And Skinner walks by into earshot, and he goes, "Uh, um, so I kicked the guy's ass." Mm-hmm. And I just like that the the bullies would be talking about that kind of stuff. That's that's one of my favorite season mm. jokes. Um, and yet I do not own that season on uh, DVD because that season uh, sucks. There was some Simpsons on TV today that I watched though from season five. Yeah. Uh, the Homer's Barber Shop Quartet and Cape Fear. Ah, I love Cape Fear. Cape Fear, which is is brilliant. Um, I had a weird deja vu thing. I don't know if you guys can because I know, you know, the three of us kind of are, are Simpsons experts almost but there, there was a scene in Homer's Barbershop Quartet where they're auditioning people to replace Wiggum and then Wiggum himself appears with like a, a fake mustache on and jumps through a window. Yeah. And that reminded me of like almost identically of a scene from another episode which i think skinner was also involved in where someone it's whether it's an audition or not i'm not sure but someone is standing on a stage homer or crusty or someone like that okay and skinner is standing off the stage looking up and says something it's kind of like a highfalutin line it's a little bit i'm not sure what the line is exactly and then the the punchline is person jumps out the window and I can't find any mention of it. Maybe it's a bit of a Mandela effect. The, maybe... the, the PTA is disbanded. No, it's not the PTA is disbanded. It's 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 because that's just some tertiary made-up character. It's 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 a, an actual character involved. I think I might just be misremembering this scene and mixing it with something else. But I can't place it, and I can't find any any um, memory of it. Even to the point that. Um, the, the scene from that episode looks exactly like the scene that I'm thinking of yeah. looks, even with like the angle with the, like the window on the back uh, uh, 
to the to the left of the stage, the the stage being on the left of the screen. It looks exactly identical to the point that I was wondering if it was like one of those examples of like a redrawn scene which gets reused for another episode. Yeah. But I, I can't I can't think of what the scene was or what episode it is or if it even exists. So if anybody knows what I'm talking about, yeah. watch that scene from Bar- Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Specifically the bit where Wiggum uh, auditions, gets uh, found out and jumps through the window. I'm thinking of, it's not Wiggum involved, it's somebody else. And the the line between that person and I think it's Skinner is something, it's, it's a it's like um, the, the, the dialogue I have in my head is like the equivalent of when Homer finds a guy incognito outside of Moe's and goes, this man is my exact double. It's some line like that. And then the character jumps through the window with the same punchline, but I can't think of what it is, so I, I, I'm going crazy with it. But maybe it's a Mandela thing where I'm mixing that up with yeah the the Wigan line with 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 something else. I yeah, don't know. It's, it sounds like that might be the case. I I have no recollection of, of what that is. Yeah, um, those episodes are real good, specifically the Mister Th- uh, Thompson bit, <laughs> uh, which is just so dumb but the best. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's we love, we love we love classic Simpsons. So I'll I'll start back all the way back at at season one. Um, yeah, now and uh, they still haven't they still haven't fixed the aspect ratio, um, which is is getting the more of this I'm watching and it, it's the Simpsons has now become my go to just put something on when I can't be arsed paying attention to anything else. Um, the more I'm watching, the more annoying it is because it's not just gags getting cut off; it just the framing of certain scenes just looks wrong. Um, mm. The uh, in the in uh, Lost Our Lisa, the episode I just watched there earlier today. There's the joke, which is a good joke, where where Homer's like, "Has anyone seen my daughter?" And he knocks on one window of a car, and it's Marge. And then he um and then he knocks on another window, and and he uh, it's uh, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns goes, "Shouldn't you be at work?" And he says, uh, "Yes, yeah, so right away." And he goes, "Okay, whoever you are." Um, like, the shot is framed in such a way that like the bottom half of Mr. Burns's head is cut off, so it's just like this kind of bald head bobbing up and down at the bottom of the screen. It's so stupid, and there's oh, there's God. tons of little things like that where it's like you're not necessarily missing something. It just looks like you're watching like a uh, uh, you're trying to watch Raw on the Scramble Channel on your telly twenty years ago, um, or or it's like Raw on YouTube where the person has. Oh, pan and scanned. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, fifty percent in. Your wrestlers' heads are going off the top of the screen, and it's all very. Yeah, so that's uh, that's annoying. I had actually had that same thing with the televised ver- televised version on Sky One today. Is it was stretched to sixteen nine, right? Yeah. But when it would show a scene on the Simpsons TV, like when they're watching, um, uh, I think in this episode it was a McBain thing. Yeah. But when when it's it's the Simpsons TV, it was in four three. And it was going back and forth between sixty nine and four three, and it was I was like, "What is happening?" This yeah, is the weirdest looking thing. Yeah, the, the TV stuff is fine on Disney Plus as well. I don't know if that's I don't know if that was a conscious decision when these edits were originally made or what, but um, possibly because because it has the the border like the frame of the TV screen, it wouldn't make sense to crop that off. Like it would look horrendous. It's very it's, it's very weird because it does seem like that's the standard. Because I was in. I, I, st- I stuck the telly on. I think me and me and herself were in a hotel recently, and we stuck the telly on, and it was Channel Four, and it was yeah, it was classic Simpsons, but again, it was a sixteen by nine stretched thing. It's very frustrating. They said they'd have it sorted by early May. It's still not sorted, but uh, for whatever. Um, yeah. Elsewhere on the old Disney Plus gimmick, I've been watching 
Um, I watched another two episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm probably going to finish that tonight because I'm, I am really enjoying it. Uh, I just watched the episode with Bill Burr, the the heist yeah. episode. Great episode. Um, uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, that's just a great show. I mean, that's that. I am more intrigued by that kind of thing than any kind of mainline store, uh, Star Wars shit they could possibly do um, going forward. Um, I have not bothered watching Episode Nine since they put it up on Disney Plus. I probably will at some point. But um just to just to know, just to know. I have to know. <laughs> just to so figure out what was going on there. Uh, yeah. So um uh, another show I've been watching, which I, I didn't realise in the States this is already on like its second season. Uh they've started showing the Harley Quinn cartoon over here. Mm. Um, it's on Channel Four and it's on their on-demand gimmick. Um, they're getting new episodes every Thursday, but I I really enjoyed that first episode, so I might just go watch it online. Um, uh, it's good. I really really enjoyed it. It's a little bit on the nose early on because it's like so it's on the whatever the DC streaming gimmick is in the states, and it's kind of their their um their kind of one here's our adult show. So it's all Harley Quinn like, hey, it's time to fuck things up, Mr. J. And then she hits him with a hammer and his head explodes. Um, <laughs> you know, so so like the intro scene is great, but it's a little bit, you know, at any time you make a cartoon like this where it's those kind of characters in a in a rated R setting, it's kind of a little bit kind of, uh, it can come off a bit tryhard, but I think it actually finds its, itself quite well. And it's funny, it's well written. The voice cast is great. It's uh, uh, Kaylee Kuko from Big Bang Theory is the mm. is the voice of Harley Quinn, which is good. Ah, uh, yeah. So I will. Uh, uh, I'll either watch. I'll either binge dress that online, or I might just watch it weekly. Um, and uh, yeah, recommend recommend on that one. That's uh, that's Sal Paul. I think you might enjoy that one in particular. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I watched the. I watched one more episode of Inside Number Nine. I watched the one with uh, Mig. Mig, which was which was tremendous. I like that one. Um, Yeah, that's great. Very, you know, very Twilight Zone, very um, uh, Tales from the Crypt style thing. Great, really, really, really great. Um, Great performance. I like. I like that one. I like that one. I think as Paul mentioned before, Bruce Shearsmith kind of plays a character that he's good at playing, which is slightly. Bit of a bit of a prick. Yeah, <laughs> and so he actually worked. His performance is really good. So similar to the um, cheese and crackers one, which you won't have seen yet. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good episode. So yeah, that's a that's a quality show indeed. Uh, someone else been watching Inside Number Nine this week, Paul? You watching it? Yeah, I did. I watched another episode as well. Uh, unfortunately, not one I was as big on as uh, Barry was of that one. Uh, I watched episode two of season five, um, which is uh, has Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who in it. Uh, oh, yeah. Her and yeah. her her partner who move into a new flat. I thought it was really weak. Uh, didn't like it at all. Some two particularly weird characters. Uh... Yeah, I particularly didn't like the twist as well. Like, nothing about it landed for me. Yeah, so that. Those are two characters from, um, what's the show? Oh, Psychoville, the other show they right. did, which I didn't know. I've never seen that, so I didn't know that. I was kind of watching it blind, but I think a lot of long-term fans kind of got it. But I think if you didn't, then it was just a bit bizarre. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I mean, I, yeah, I, was, I thought it was a bit rubbish, to be honest. Um, it's a shame, because I really liked the first episode. So I have four left to watch, and then I'll be all caught up. Um, I've also been watching Scrubs. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah. Because they've been doing this podcast that's come out, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, with uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. Oh, so are you, they're, you, they're doing, doing, are you doing it along with the show? I'm doing it along with the show. He's doing it along with the show. He's doing it along with the show. With the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, listening to the podcast, and they're literally doing one podcast per episode of the show. Great. Uh, so... I think they already had like six or seven out by the time I hopped on the bandwagon. Um, but I have, like Simpsons, I have seasons one to seven of Scrubs on DVD. Yeah. Which is nice, because Scrubs is uh, not streamable anywhere, no. uh, as it turns out. And not only that, but even were it streamable, the streaming, and they discussed this on the podcast, the streaming versions have all the music uh, edited out. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't obviously pay the rights for that at the time when streaming did not exist so I, anyway i have the the episodes in their original uh non wwf logo blurred out uh pristine versions and uh oh what a joy the po- first of all the podcast is great it's so so good uh and the show is great i, I love going back to it and get surprised by how quickly it gets into the the groove of what scrubs would want to be it, it's not like Simpsons, where the first season is this weird, different tone. Yeah. Albeit good, but like, doesn't fit with the rest of it. Scrubs is like immediately what Scrubs was. Maybe the pilot is a bit weird. The pilot has like no music in it almost. But like, from episode two, you're pretty much what the show was. And on the podcast, they have had Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, um, uh, Judy Reyes. So they're they're getting people from the show uh, on to talk about it, which is real cool as well. Unfortunately, uh, they talk a lot about Sam Lloyd. Yeah. In the episodes, like weeks before he died, and they're like, "Oh, he's so great! Though we should get him on." Oh, that's terrible. Unfortunately, but um, really, really, really enjoying that. Uh, I'm caught up now to podcast number. Let me just check. Uh, podcast number nine. So. I'll probably tonight watch the ninth episode, and then listen to the podcast. Uh, and they're, they're they've only done up to ten, so I'm only two behind now. But it's really fantastic, really good insight into the making of the show in a in a kind of weirdly unfiltered way. Like it's it's not at all a scrubs like propaganda. Obviously, there's a lot of this was something that was real fun to make yeah. and da da da. But like. They had John C. McGinley on episode 7, I think, and it was great because he was like, you know, watching this episode back, I don't buy that the Cox character would be upset at the Turk character for this reason. And they're like critiquing the show and really going into how, like, you know, wild it was offset as well that they, you know, Turk or Donald Faison, not Turk, obviously, Donald Faison was like fucking smoking loads of weed and they were just getting pissed up the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Really, really, like, candidly talking about it. It's great. It's obviously got lots of Fs and Jeffs in it in the podcast version, which is a, a bit shocking because I didn't realize I was going to be that kind of thing. 
But um, really fantastic and a, a great excuse to go back and watch those Scrubs episodes again, which are so kind of bite size and, and just easy to get to watch and get through. But also, you know, they got good drama in there, good acting in there. I love the one where early on Dr. Cox has JD do his own like assessment, self-assessment, and then at the end he's like, why do you think I wanted you to do that? I wanted you to look at yourself. And um, there's some yeah, there's some really great stuff in there. Um, so big thumbs up for the podcast and for Scrubs. Yeah, we like Scrubs. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Highly recommended. Um, I've been watching too much usual stuff. Been watching a lot of um, Ninety Day Fiance. Ah. Um, that, that, that continues to be a joy. Uh, we're into we're into season two now, so they've brought on quite a few new couples uh, and got rid of most of the, the first season ones that were boring. So the the real kind of standouts are a couple called Darcy and Jesse. Um, Darcy is a 42-year-old American woman who's about 4 foot 11. And Jesse is a 24-year-old Dutch man who's about 6 foot 5, um, was in the army. Um, they have a very interesting relationship. They constantly argue and <laughs> threaten each other and uh, get into the most ridiculous arguments over anything. Uh, and then by the time it kind of comes back to them later in the episode, they've made up. They're like, oh, I love you, baby. Yes, we want to move to America. Blah, blah, blah. That's a Dutch accent, in case you're wondering. Um, okay, got it. Um, it's, it's the kind of gift that keeps on giving. It's, you just know that every single scene when they come back, they're either going to flip from hating each other to love each other. So that's, that's really good. Um, they do actually have a more kind of normal couple in the second season. So they have an American woman and a British guy. Um, who are kind of similar age and, you know, attractiveness and nothing kind of weird going on. Um, except that he's got a kind of criminal record, so he can't go to America, get into America. And she's got kids, so she can't move to Britain. So it's, that's actually the most kind of relatable and, and sort of down-to-earth one, so I kind of enjoyed that. Um, yeah, other than that, the rest of them, it's all like gold diggers. It's just these ridiculous <laughs> American... It's just these ridiculous American men who are like kind of schlubby 40-year-olds who are meeting like 21-year-old Thai or Colombian women. Yeah. And going, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been texting her for two months and I can, I feel like yeah, I'm in love with her, definitely, and I've bought a ring. Uh, and I haven't done like a video chat yet, but I think I'm going to propose when I go out there. It's just like, what? It's really stupid. And like... And their friends are telling them that it's, oh, you know, you've got to be careful. It could be catfishing. She just wants to get a, a green card, etc. And they're like, no, 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 it's, it's love. We really understand each other. And all that. It's just, oh, God. Anyway, great show. Highly recommended. Um, yeah. Have you ever, you ever seen, like, a, like the, the occasional episode of Four in a Bed where one of the B&B owners is an owl fella <laughs> and a slightly younger um, lady of Asian descent? <laughs> and, uh, yes. And yes. like... Hmm. What's up there? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, not that can't happen naturally. I'm just saying. Um, uh, so yeah, that's uh, Telly Goff for the week. Uh, no music off this week. We'll jump in to the video games. Um, so I'm I'm still chipping away at Arkham Asylum. 
Um, you know, my my goal is to get the platinum trophy on that. So I'm playing on hard, which I don't think I've done before, um, because you have to get a. Is this the re-release? Yes, PS4 yeah, version? the the PS4 version. Uh, there's a trophy for each difficulty, so I'm playing on hard, so I don't have to do it three times. Um, yeah, I was a bit kind of annoyed because like the remaster is like. It's like a perfectly fine way to play the game again on a PS4, right? Yeah, that's how I played it originally. I never played the, the originals. Yeah, so PS3. Version. So it's like it's those games. It's like a little shinier, a little, a, a little, you know, at most it's a little spit shine. It's it really feels like more of a port than uh, we fucking went crazy on this game, and now it's the best looking thing ever. Um, and I, I was a bit kind of like. I don't care about that kind of thing too much, but like I, I was like, ah, this is a game from two thousand nine. Like, if it was running at sixty on a PS four, like that would be that would be nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would be, but whatever. Like, that's not a big deal. The the core of the game is still really, really, really good. Um, I just I love that setting, and this is a a game I played to death when it came out. I just love. You're going around, you're finding the little trinkets belonging to other characters who aren't even in the game. You're finding the interview tapes, which are all really well done. There's tons and tons and tons of like Mark Hamill dialogue in there. Joker's constantly chatting over the, the, the VA, and it's really, you know, funny or dark or interesting. It's just, it's so, so, so fantastic. In a way that those follow-up games, like... One of the things they were lacking was that compelling setting. Like, I just think the core of that setting is so yeah. so great. Uh, and I, I didn't really like Arkham City for that very reason. It's funny because I, um, I, since I've been chatting about this, you're not the only person. Who's, I remember absolutely adoring City when it came out, and that was another game that I nearly played to 100% completion. But I, I, a few people have said it to me that yeah, well, I, I wouldn't replay City. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked City a lot, but it, it, it I think it. it did immediately lose that charm. Yeah. Because, you know, Asylum is is kind of a Metroidvania. And I, I, I prefer that because you have so many fucking open world games mm. anyway. And especially given the fact that I played City in a post-Spider-Man world. Yeah. I don't know that City does the open world as well. Even though the traversal is quite fun. Um... Yeah, I just found it a bit of a slog. Like the story, the story and the combat was as strong as as Asylum, but you you lose out by it not being a a tighter, more confined area. Because you know, when you're going from story B to story B, I just felt like I was. It was kind of just filler in between. Yeah. Like I, I didn't enjoy per se the traversal, like in Spider Man, where fuck, I could just you know uh, swing around for twenty minutes, and that that's fun. Like. Yeah. Um yeah, I didn't enjoy City as much and I think the the art style suits Asylum yeah. more because it has a kind of crazy grimy gritty style. I mean I th- I think the character models are pretty ugly actually. Yeah, I and I think That's looking weird. back on them now it's like I I don't think I've ever liked that Joker design. It's too fake and wiry looking and they, they all the characters in the Arkham games look like those um, real sweat wrestling figures <laughs> that they brought out in the late nineties. Yeah. They're like hideous. Yeah, the big, um, the big giant dudes, especially, they're just grotesque, and not in, a, not in an interesting way. 
But Asylum is is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, I would add my add me to the list of people I would not replace it. I I can kind of feel I can feel in my in my gut I can, I can sense I think I am gonna I think I might redo the whole trilogy especially seen as the you know I'm not running out of time in lockdown anytime soon so um, right um, and like night is the one then that kind of everyone kind of universally agrees like I think it's still a good game but it's not it's just not what you wanted. Um, I never played it. I never played. Well, so it's 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 the it's the problems you had with City by Ten because it it is in a it's 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 fully open world like it is a absolutely massive city. And to be fair, I mean that is cool in its own right, and it's a gorgeous game as well. So it is like the one good thing you'd say about Batman Forever. It is like flying around that neon soaked Schumacher uh, Gotham. It looks incredible. Um, a lot of people don't like the the car stuff, but I, I liked it. I think the biggest problem is kind of the story. It's a little bit disjointed. Um, it's a little bit in the same way like the Batman movies kind of play to a general audience. There's a, there's a twist to Arkham Knight that anyone with a passing knowledge of the character would kind of see coming a million miles away. Um, it has a lot of problems, but I think it's I think it's a a fine final chapter for that series. But um, yeah, we'll see we'll see how I feel after uh, after finishing this. Right now, I'm I'm feeling like I could play more, but uh, maybe I won't. Uh, beyond that, I've been uh, I jumped back into Call of Duty this weekend. I had a lot of fun with it after downloading about twenty more gigs of updates. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw you tweet about uh, it. It's it is over. It is approaching two hundred gigs now for this. Fuck it. For this one game. Um, and it's just a nightmare. And it's like, and then, and then I boot it up and I play it. And I'm like, God, this is great. And it, I, it's, you know, it is worth it. I mean, it's easy for me to say that. I have like a four terabyte hard drive. If you bought a base PS4, this thing would be half your fucking hard drive at this stage. Um, but anyway, I also just kind of a, a upshot of the, of wanting to stockpile things to, to, to play while we're locked down. I bought some stuff in the, in the, the May the 4th sale that was on Steam, the Star Wars uh, uh, sale, uh, and then the Humble Bundle had a summer sale of some variety, I can't even remember what it was called. So I bought, for like two quid each, I bought um, the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 from the PlayStation 2, uh, which is great. I bought Knights of the Old Republic, which I have never so much as looked at. I have never touched that game at, at all. Um, right. Which is the big, Bioware. the big Bioware role playing game, and uh, Force Unleashed Two, which I, I have a somewhat fond recollection of those games, so I bought that, and uh, just because they were dirt cheap and I felt like replaying them, I got Far Cry Three and Max Payne Three, um, which are two of my favorite games of, of like that generation. Um, so you know, like Arkham Asylum, I might do some, might do some retro, uh, you know, dive back into something old for a bit of fun. Um, yeah. uh, down the line, but uh, haven't started any of those yet. Uh, and that's the that's my games for this week. No Animal Crossing. I think I've kicked the Animal Crossing habit. To be honest, that's okay. I'm uh, I'm at the stage of the month where I've caught all the bugs, caught all the fish, and I'm just like looking at the fossils in the morning. Anything new? No, right. Uh, check in tomorrow. <clears throat> Um, but what's kind of keeping it going is my brother has just recently started playing Animal Crossing, so I'm kind of helping, giving him a hand with it as well. Um, but anyway, uh, Wind Waker Finito, 100% out. That's four Zeldas in a row. 
so, Breath of the Wild is next, from the start. Breath of the Wild again. But first, I'm taking a little break. I'm going to play two other little games first. And the first of those is called Kentucky Route Zero. Ah, yes. Which Barry and myself mentioned last week a little bit. So, Kentucky Route Zero, for those who don't know, is a game which has been periodically released in five different parts, starting in 2013. Yeah. So the game has kind of been released over the course of seven years. Um, and uh, was a PC-only release. And now that the fifth and final act was released, it was kind of bundled as a, a full edition and released on the various uh, consoles. So PS4, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, as Kentucky Route Zero TV yeah. Edition. Uh, so it's a game that I've been looking at getting for about two years now, since I became aware of it. Um, I think it was originally supposed to come out much earlier, and never came out in like 2019 for whatever reason. It must have been delayed. But uh, I've started uh, playing it. I'm on Act 4 now, of 5, so I'm about 80% through the game. Um, it is, for all intents and purposes, a kind of... It's a point-and-click adventure game in the mold of what I would describe it as is it's kind of got a, elements of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in a non-comedic sense to it, where or even um, Under the Silver Lake, in that stuff happens and doesn't so much kind of follow on as just kind of the characters are finding themselves in these in, increasingly weirder and weirder situations. Almost in a kind of David Lynchian way. Um, it's really, really text-heavy. There's there's very little voice acting in it. It is a little bit, for my taste, a little bit too slow. Um, that being said, uh, Act 3 I thought was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Act 1 I thought was very good. I thought that I love the art style of it. I think it looks fantastic. It's not like graphically like intense but what it does with its power let's yeah. say it has some really striking images and really well uh designed kind of like field of uh or depth of field and it just has this weird like i said a razor head kind of feel to it um the characters are all really well developed and all feel uh, real. There's there, there's no kind of one-dimensional characters in here. They're all very, very uh, well-written. And uh, Act 1, like I said, I thought was really good. Act 2, I started thinking, okay, this is going a little bit a little bit too slow for me. And then that was compounded by the fact that um, in between the acts, they have these interludes which were originally put out as like uh, bonus content, right? Like, basically, for, like, DLC. And they're included in this, so they're, they're designed as interludes between the various acts. And Interlude 2 has you sitting, watching a play, basically, right? Uh, for 45 minutes. Okay. Like I said, with no voice acting, just reading the text. And that was a little, that was a little too much. Uh, because if your character, like, it's from a first-person point of view, and if your character looks away, the text of the play will stop because there's other stuff that you can interact with around you which makes for you know it's an interesting experience but if it were 
half an hour shorter, I think it would have made him more of a last. Yeah, time. yeah. But that being said, watching that forty-minute play um, means that things that are revealed and things that happen in Act Three have more of a resonance to them. And Act Three, like I say, I thought was properly good, properly. Um, like what? There, there's a specific scene which, as you're going to play it, Barry, I'm not going to like spoil. Yeah. But I had the same feeling playing this specific part of the game as um, watching the sunken room scene in Get Out, where you're you're watching a really good movie and there's there's something will happen that goes okay this has gone from a really good movie to something special right and Kentucky Route Zero has that in Act Three so look forward to that is all I can say um, I'm in Act Four now uh, still really enjoying it. Um, and so I'll probably have it beaten by next week. I can give you more of a definitive opinion yeah. on it. But uh, really, really, like it, it's not without its faults, and it is very slow. But um, yeah, Act Three is one of one of my favorite things uh, in video games, probably of the last. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, are the acts are the acts kind of like clearly a... delineated in the sense? Okay, you have reached the end of Act. Like, could I call that like a session if I'm sitting down to play it? It's like you know. Not only that, but the acts themselves are broken down into scenes. Okay. So Act 1 has, for example, six scenes. So you can do it as, okay, in one setting, or one setting I'll do uh, scenes 1 to 3, and then 4 to 6. Um, so, yeah, the acts themselves are clearly distinguished, mm. as are the scenes. So you'll get a little, like, pop-up Act 2, Scene 2, to show you that this is where you are uh, in the action. So it's really, really great. Um, and aside from those two games, uh, I'm still on the football manager. Of course. Of course. Joe, of how course. far the football manager are you? Um, I just f- finished 10 years. Um, in, in, I'm on year five. In the game. Only. That's not bad. I mean, pretty quick. I don't get a uh, because I'm not playing on Steam. I don't see anywhere in here where I can see a, a counter of the hours played. Because mm-hmm. um, I saw what, what you said this last week was what 292 hours. Yeah, yeah, we will be on that now. Um, yeah, I think that that includes when I kind of just leave it open as well, not sort of actively, right. you know, clicking, playing things. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of time. Because uh, I can't imagine that I'm even in the hundred hour. Mm. I'm, I, I'm I'm probably uh, at an estimate maybe sixty hours or something like that, which is crazy to think. But I'm probably realistically somewhere around there. Um, so I'm at season five, like I said. I had a really good season there, where I won the Champions League and the FA Cup, and came second in the league, um, losing to because I lost to Manchester City in the 37th game, and then they won the league by two points. So, if I had beaten them, uh, I would have done good. I have my two center forwards, right, because I'm still playing 4-4-2. Uh, Haaland, who plays currently for Borussia Dortmund, and this young Portuguese striker called Fabio Silva are my two center forwards. And in that fourth season, between the two of them scored 77 goals. Which was pretty mm. good. I think Haaland Haaland had 40, and Silva had 37. Um, Two weird things happened, though, this season. So, after, almost without exception, after every game, 
Haaland would like score or score two goals yeah. and it would be like well Paris Saint-Germain manager Thomas Tuchel was in the crowd oh, yeah. and they're playing yeah. an audacious 160 million bid right I think it went up as the season developed and his value went up I think it went up to like 261 million or something right yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself right as even though this lad is scoring 40 goals a season for me if you you know even 250 you can fucking have <laughs> and then and then no bid came in over the summer. I'm yeah. like, what? Every game, they're like, oh, they're going to buy him. They're going to buy him. And then they never bought him. So. Oh, yeah. And then the other thing is, um, so on my, my – I play 4-4-2 with, like, the, the, the wingers as attacking midfielders, mm-hmm. right? So AML and AMR. And uh, so I have on the left-hand side uh, Usman Dembele from Barcelona and Marcus Rashford, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, the club got were subject to a takeover during the season. And the person who bought the club decided, uh, with no input from me, to buy uh, Pedri and Ansi Fatu from Ooh. Barcelona yeah. for 105 million each oh. and like 200,000 a week each. Who both play in that same position that I'm already well stocked in. I didn't want those two players. Oh god! Um, but they they came anyway, so I have them now. Uh, I sent Rashford on loan to PSG. Good move. Uh, he's he's banging the goals in over there. Yeah, I, I, but I was I'm like, signed Anzu Fati from Barcelona. He's very good. He's very good, but like. I was thinking, you know, as you come to the summer, I'm like, okay, well, I need to get a, a right-sided attacking midfielder and maybe a centre-back. And then before you know it, all your fucking wages are gone on these two players you didn't want. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, I actually... Because I still had Martial at the time as well. So I, I ended up with five left-sided attacking midfielders. Yeah. Um, and f- for one position. <laughs> so there wasn't much I could do. Uh, aside from... Try to sell two of them, but then no one wants to buy them, so I have to send, send them on loan. And at least I, got, I think I got some money for Rashford and, and his wages paid at least. But... Mm-hmm. So, how are well, you doing am... season 10? Um, it's, it's going well and still racking up the odd trophy. Um, right. it's, it's interesting playing in, in Steam because you can, you do have achievements that you can unlock um, from, you know, like passing 10 years, going on a winning streak, signing certain players, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it kind of unlocks features within the game as well. I don't know if, if you can do that in the version you've got, but um, I just passed 10... That works, yeah. So I just passed 10 years, and so it... I can't remember the name of the achievement, but it allows you to create uh, your son of a player in the game and sign, and sign him for your team. Um, so I've just done that, and uh, I've got young Jack Towner in the uh, reserves, <laughs> who's um, 16 years old. Already had bloody Arsenal and Chelsea sniffing around him, which was oh, annoying. Oh. Um, so I've signed him up for a, a three-year contract, which will kick in when he turns 17. So, um, yeah, quite a the hot prospect. So uh, as soon as he comes of age, he'll be straight in the first team. Get all the other yeah. fuck, get those fuckers out. He'll be in there. Um, are you at the point where most of the players in the game are like generated players rather than real people? Yeah, most of the star players. Um, right. I think the likes of like a Rashford or a Mateus Delete are now like 
around 30, kind of early 30s. Yeah. So they're kind of veterans. Um, yeah, Dave, David De Gea's retired. Um, and so he's, if you click on him now, his role is director of football. Um, but he, he doesn't actually have a director of football job. He's just an unemployed director of football. I'm not sure how that works. But <laughs> <laughs> he's just asked, he's got it on his CV, probably. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's interesting. I'm, I kind of want to get even further in and see how sort of bizarre it gets. Um, to be honest, it's still Liverpool and Arsenal that are, that are dominating the. Jurgen Klopp's still at Liverpool as well, which is really annoying. In right. Ten years. It's more so. It's more so City and Chelsea for me. Right. Arsenal have fallen off really badly. Liverpool are still in there, but it's kind of City and Chelsea who are the biggest rivals. Yeah, I don't think City have won the league since I've, I've been managing it. It's, it's right. been Liverpool, Arsenal, and, and ourselves. Um, yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm going to keep going. I want to get to like at least twenty years, just to see how see what happens, and then it, by then it'll be all regen. So that'll be interesting. I um, I'm kind of ruthless in that I don't want any players over the age of thirty. Ooh. So once they reach thirty, they're I'm like the Paul Heyman taking over <laughs> Once you're over that age, you're fucking out. So like De Gea gone, Pogba gone. Um, I'm being a little bit like I think my oldest player now is Bruno Fernandez, who's like twenty nine. Right. He's he's extremely good, so I think I'll be a little bit more patient with him. Uh, like Pogba, I did a, an exchange deal for Frankie De Jong for Barcelona, right? Because my thinking is, if I can have someone who's pretty much as good and five years younger, I'm gonna take that. You know? mm, why not? Um, so I, I have a very young side. I mean, all my centre forwards, I have I have three five star centre forwards. Huh. In Silva, Haaland, and Greenwood, and they're all twenty-two. <laughs> so uh, I have a very good young squad, which is nice. But what I love as well is uh, at the end of each season, you have so much momentum, right? I'm, I'm winning pretty much every game at the end of the season, and then when the new season starts, fucking players don't remember how to play football anymore. And Haaland goes five games without scoring a single goal. Oh, you scored all the goals last season. What happened this season? <laughs> um, but yeah, still really fun. Still really enjoying that. So that's all the footballs. That's, good. Yeah. that's all the uh, the game golf this week. Uh, we also have a little, a little teensy bit of the movie golf this week. Um, what's that? You thought I was done with the Star Wars for the week? You're having a laugh, mate. It was effing May 4th, only about a week ago. And that's the Star Wars day. So for some reason, I decided to watch the prequels again. Um, which is like my first time watching them in about a decade. Um, so I fired up the old uh, Disney Plus gimmick. And I first watched... As you do, episode one, the Phantom Menace, which the first half an hour of that film has got to be one of the most undecipherable, boring messes of a film ever. (laughs) It's such gobbledygook. And then uh, I feel like things are like not that bad when they get to Tatooine. 
Um, like, I kind of feel like as time has gone on and the years have ticked on by, I feel like Jake Lloyd is like the least of this film's problems in a lot of ways. Um, so like that stuff doesn't really bother me. And like the pod race is still really good. Um, and then it's once they leave Tatooine, it's the most boring film imaginable. It's so, so mm. dull. Um, yeah, and it's it's just it's 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 shit. I mean, it is not it has not looped around to be in any way more interesting or intriguing, you know, with years to reflect on it or with the new trilogy to compare it to. It is it is still uh, confounding. It's it's a bizarre movie. It really is. Um, yeah, and and like the 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 one thing that that was that was kind of struck me watching it all these years later. Was the uh, there's all this talk about the 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 crisis on Naboo, and I was like, I couldn't believe how we didn't see any of it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like there's no uh, like you forget that there's no like battle droids rampaging through the streets, fucking tossing over market stalls or anything at all like that. Uh, just a very weird movie. And then I got to Attack of the Clones, which is like I I thought it was worse, but I wouldn't argue with someone who thought one was worse. But I thought I thought. Uh, Attack of the Clones is pretty easily the worst Star Wars thing ever, without without having seen the holiday special. Um, uh, it's just completely dreadful, and the the central romance is just horrible. And yeah, it's terrible. It is really really terrible. That one that's a struggle to get through in terms of like not falling asleep. Um, so uh, so yeah, two two movies that everyone knows are shit uh, are still shit. Um, <laughs> And uh, I will watch the third one at some point, probably in the next week. Um, yeah, that's those. That was the entirety of my movie watching this week. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Good, we're in agreement. Yes. Congratulations. Um, just, just the one movie watched a doc- documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's called Becoming Michelle Obama, and it's basically it kind of follows her on her recent book tour. Uh, she went around, so it's it's fairly light, and um, you know it's it's more of a kind of I don't know recap of the tour and things like that, and then a serious kind of documentary that goes into depth in her background. But it was nice because it did show a bit of kind of her growing up and family and things like that. So uh, Michelle and I did go to see her when she did the O2 Arena in London, oh. and, and saw she was interviewed by Stephen Colbert. Uh, so that that features in it, um, and a, a lot of the anecdotes were kind of the same as that appearance, that Q and A. So um, it's still kind of interesting if you haven't if you haven't seen any of that. It's kind of worth a watch and a, a you know a nostalgic look back at the Obama years as we now enter um, <laughs> the rest, as we enter the twenty twenties and, and everything kind of goes to hell. Hmm. So yeah, that was that was some of the movies for the for the week. Is that a Netflix gimmick? Yeah, it's on the old Netflix. Oh, lovely. Um, Next to the next. Yeah, no movies for you, Paul. No, but I will watch some this week. I no. promise. Okay. Yeah, I got. But the, I did um, set a watching movies, lads. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say for for next week, I I got the uh, the Birds of Prey movie is out this week, so I said I'm ah, curious to rewatch that, see how it holds up. Uh, that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I haven't I, got. I, I haven't I, yet I indulged in any of these. I haven't, I haven't indulged yet in any of these movies that are like uh, being first released on VOD because of the because of the Rona. 
I have yet to I have yet mm-hmm. to get any of them. I can't I can't take the pr- the plunge on that price for some reason. I just can't. But um yeah. But yeah. Uh well instead of watching movies, uh lads, I was reading uh, issue 183 of Power Slam magazine. That's right. It's ah. time for CSP has issues with Oprah's voice, of course. Uh, before that, I uh, missed Intelliguff, right? I watched the first episode of The Big Show Show. <laughs> oh, no. More specifically, I watched the first five minutes of it. That was all I needed to kind of get what it was. Um, imagine what you think it is. It is that. <laughs> but even worse... Even worse, um, it's it's horrible. It's horrendous. Um, anyway, moving on. So uh, this power slam issue is is the one exactly and immediately after the last one we talked about. Now my plan was never to go sequentially through these, but I was reading this during the week just recreationally, and there's so much good stuff in it. I couldn't help. But choose this one uh, to be up for discussion. But before we begin, we have a, a, an advertisement here on the back of another issue, which is issue 184. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. It's uh, uh, an advertisement for a new WWE DVD, right? Is <laughs> Allied Powers, the world's greatest tag teams. Uh, I want you guys to guess for me, if you already know or own the DVD yeah. for some reason, you, you you probably know. But there are three tag teams featured on the cover of this DVD. Now keep in mind, Allied Powers, the world's greatest tag teams. <laughs> Who are the three tag teams featured on this DVD cover? Um, Edge and Christian? Edge and Christian is correct. <sighs> One point for Barry. Okay. Ooh, um, the Acolytes. It's not the Acolytes. They're not even on the uh, the advertisement. There, there's four tag teams uh, on the advertisement outside of the DVD cover, one of which is also Edge and Christian. Mm. But not the Acolytes. They do not. <laughs> um... Too cool. It's not too cool, Joe. Not too cool. Uh, the Heart Foundation. A very good guess, Barry, but not the Heart Foundation. Um, hmm. One of them is definitely a, a more retro, uh, co- uh, you know, a, co- a deeper cut, and then one Road Warriors contemporary. Not the Road Warriors. Good guess. I- I'll tell you, oh, Edge and Christian uh, was one, right? You then have the fabulous Freebirds, <laughs> and and but I, I just want to say both of those teams. Are kind of in the background, right? They're they're they they each have about an eighth of the 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 DVD cover space allotted to them each, right? Right. And then taking up half of the DVD cover of the world's greatest tag teams. That's right, Triple H and Shawn Michaels <laughs> as DX. <laughs> the, that one from the late two thousands with that horrible spray can logo. Oh, the, the literally, um, literally the worst DX. The the worst of every iteration of DX. Uh, and not really a tag team. I guess I mean in a sense, yes, but I mean in that in that okay. late two thousands one they they won the belts. I guess that's the justification. 
Yeah. Um, right, so let's talk about This is from October 2009. Uh, and there's a lot of great stuff in here. So the cover story is, is about Rey Mysterio's uh, suspension from the WWE. And this is actually, I thought, a fascinating story. Oh, yeah. Written by... Written by... Uh, star of recent Dark Side of the Ring documentary, Matthew Randazzo the Fifth, who wrote uh, the Ring of Hell book as well. Oh, wow! But he his, his story here, his story here about the Rey Mysterio suspension is so so good. Um, in, in the sense that it it goes into. Ray Mysterio. Basically, it's about it's Ray Mysterio versus the WWE, and uh, how he kind of fought against the suspension, and and almost kind of politicked it, ultimately to his advantage. And it goes into kind of what a savvy backstage, not necessarily like a, a there's no like sneakiness to it or, or slightest to it, but just how how kind of yeah, like how. Um, how slick he, he was with his defense of this in the terms of keeping himself popular. But, like, it goes into detail about how he, like, he appeared on, on a Mexican TV show and was kind of, even though he was born in the U.S., was kind of subtly playing it as as the, the Mexican hero being held held down by the, the white American, uh, you know, global conglomerate. And... Uh, mm. I thought it was a really, really fascinating read because I, I was, you know, tangentially aware of his uh, suspension for way back then. But it goes really into detail about the kind of mechanics, uh, even even going so far as to allege that when suspended uh, originally, uh, Mysterio was at the time the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. That he uh, he refused to drop the belt to, uh, I think, it was John Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he he only agreed then to drop it to to Ziggler, who at the time was was much hotter than Morrison was. Um, really, really interesting stuff. I thought it was a great story, and a really, wow. really entertaining I, read. If anybody has this issue, I highly recommend. Digging I do it not out. remember that context, um, that story at all. Yeah. Um, what else do we have in here? So, a um, little bit more details on the, the, the Eugene thing that we were uh, questioning a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that that I, I was saying, like, was he around that long? He had actually just recently been rehired. So, he, 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 he wasn't necessarily around from 04 to 09. Uh, he was brought in and uh, was released from his contact due to his weight and conditioning. Uh, when he arrived at the uh, the raw tapings, the, he, it was believed that he was not taking the job seriously, and they they fired him just a month after he was rehired. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, da, 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 da. There's a great story here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yes. So let me read this there, right? Uh, Big Show. And the great Kali had a short backstage scuffle oh, after a six-man yes. match on September 5th in Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Show who was irate that Kali had, and I quote, stolen one or more of his spots in the match, confronted Kali in the locker room what, the, and reportedly the threw a punch at him. One. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my favorite bit because it... it, it uses a, a phrase that I like to use a lot, and probably I was in- inspired by 
uh, Finn Martin in, in this regard. But So Big Show throws a punch at Kali. Though he moves at a glacier-like speed, <laughs> Kali blocked it. And then either took Show down or landed on top of him. After Show tripped over something, his own feet perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Other wrestlers quickly stepped in and separated Kali and Show, thus bringing the fight of the century to a halt. I think Show made the right decision, for his health at least, when he decided to abandon his boxing career before it even began in late 2007. Remember Big Show and the boxing uh, yes. career I, thing? I hope uh, that th- there was a great long-form piece written about it. I, but yes. I, think, I think it was on Deadspin, and I think it might be gone. I'm not I'm not certain what the status of that is. But yeah, and that was, that was at Hogan's behest, wasn't it? Possibly. Um, what a weird stat! Now that's a fucking weird piece of history. Yeah, there's a, a a note here. People keep telling me that John Morrison is the future of WWE, and he may be, but WWE doesn't doesn't seem to be in any hurry to get behind him. Um, so given that Morrison is recently back in WWE, that's a a, a good uh, sight on the future there. Um, in the live event report. There is a, an American Wrestling Rampage report from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Which, of course, a, uh, AWR is kind of a precursor to OTT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on that card, just things uh, of note. Um, M-Dog 20 defeated the Ogre. <laughs> now, I don't know if the Ogre is related in any way to Cabray's own character, but I don't see any other mention on the character. Hang on, I'm, I'm, firing up, I'm firing up Cage Match while you do this. I'm going to see if you can find the Ogre. The Ogre, who was defeated by M-Dog 20 on August 31st, 2009, in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, Scotty Tuhati defeated Kid Cash. Rene Dupree defeated X-Pac by disqualification. And the main event, RVD pinned Sabu in an Extreme Rules match. Uh, according to the notes, uh, that the show is a good show, according to reports. Uh, for the Irish fans, Duncan Disorderly defeated Sean Maxer and Suicide Machine, who's now known as Paddy M, yeah. in a triple threat match. Really That's nice. not bad. So that was so they're doing they're doing uh, ECW tribute shit in '09. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's past. It's who do they think they are? TNA. Well, I was about to say, at the very least, they beat TNA to the to the punch. <laughs> um, we have some more baloney.com, which is again uh, observations taken from the deepest darkest reaches of the <laughs> wide web. Um, this is uh, about the impending transfers of Daniel Bryan and Nigel McGuinness from Ring of Honor to WWE. So if remember that they were signed at, the, at pretty much the same time, Nigel would obviously not um, make it. Um, but uh, an interesting thing here is that they're, they're talking about the, the the name change that could be applied to Bryan Danielson, as oh, was no. kind of vogue at the time, and still is to an extent. But look, interesting, right? Danielson's WWE name, since they won't let him use... Brian Danielson. I'm guessing something along the lines of. And then there's a comical name here, which is weirdly close to an actual name of a wrestler, which would hadn't been given yet, but would be soon. And somebody who was recently released, Skippy McGillicuddy. <laughs> oh wow! Halfway between Skip Sheffield and Michael McGillicuddy. I know. Um, 
What else do we have then? Um, we have. Uh, uh, yeah, in the Q and A, does Power Slam believe that Triple H will break Ric Flair's official singles title record and become a seventeen-time World Heavyweight Champion? So this, of course, never happened. I think the Triple H, a fourteen-time champion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the. At the, their answer then to this is, at the time of writing, Triple H was a 13-time WWF slash WWE World Heavyweight Undisputed Champion. Unless he suffers a career-ending injury in the interim, it is inevitable that the game will surpass Flair's official total before or at WrestleMania 27. So, of course, that did not happen. Mm. yeah. It is mad to think that he he held the belt that year when that story was written, and then he wouldn't again until uh, that the fucking title match I saw the Roman with Roman Reigns, Reigns that I was at for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else do we have in here? Yeah. A look at TNA's Hard Justice pay per view. Oh God. <laughs> so we we talked about the, the previous uh, TNA pay per view and the last one, but. Uh, some interesting ones in here as well. Um, you had Kevin Nash pinned Mick Foley oh. to raise the TNA Legends title, right? Which sounds horrible as it is. But to, to read from the actual recap, Kevin Nash beat Mick Foley to regain the TNA Legends title in a sluggish brawl. That In my head, that's the perfect way to describe it. A sluggish brawl which played before near silence, even though Foley and Nash did deep blade jobs. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like God, imagine like it must be really bad that it's dead silence and it's Foley. Like everyone likes Foley, you know. Yeah. Although that was a fairly that was a exactly. fairly tragic chapter of his career. It was uh, also on the show Abyss uh, pinned Jethro Holiday. Do you remember Jethro Holiday at all? No. <laughs> Jethro Holiday was the rebranded Trevor Murdoch. Oh, I, do. I, I remember that run. I forgot his stupid name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. God, on pay per view, him and Abyss. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that I think that's pretty much the the, the main parts of of this. Uh, Issue. There's also an interview with um, Mike Bucci, who was the head of WWE Developmental in the late 2000s, which is something that uh, never really gets mentioned in any of these, like FCW. Well, he, well, he didn't do it in FCW, but he, it's something that's never touched on in any of these documentaries anymore, that he was, for a period, the head of WWE's Developmental. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a quote from him, which made the cover of the magazine, W, which is which I think is pretty uh, apt given the the current situation, is that WWE is not a soup kitchen, it's the best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's issue one eighty three of Parasite Magazine. Definitely a very very good issue. Um, so I'll try to uh, for our next edition of this uh, feature, I'll try to dele delineate a little bit from the. Uh, Late two thousand nine time period is a little bit different, but the only reason I, I like I said I select that issue was because there was a lot of really fascinating stuff. Really hmm. Nice. Uh, yep. Uh, so speaking of wrestling, mm -hmm. 
let's talk about the wrestling this week. Uh, did you watch Dynamite? I watch Dynamite every week. Every week without uh, I thought it was all right, more or less. I mean, it was good. What fun. did you think of the, of the Janela Cody match? Because I didn't like it. I thought it was dreadful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I saw some people say they it liked was it. Like, I was like, what? It was terrible. Janela in particular was, was horrible. It was real sloppy. Yeah, it was it was real sloppy. Everything looked like shit. Um I mean I wasn't bored watching it necessarily. But it wasn't it wasn't a crisp wrestling match. No, no. And not in a not in a fun way where it was like they were having a wild brawl. It was just it was just Janela just did and I li- I've liked a lot of Janela matches. I've liked a lot of his indie stuff. But he just looked like barely competently trained in this match honestly it was just so like they were having like strike exchanges and i guess the point was supposed to be that cody was a class above but i was like oh his, his strikes just look terrible and yeah i i didn't like that match at all but um we uh there was the kazarian mox match which was better but i thought it was too long i actually got into that by the end i thought it was pretty yeah. fun um and i wasn't super uh, hyped up for it because I think Kazarian and SCU generally I find a bit of a bore yeah. um, but I, as this went on I found myself getting more and more into it I couldn't kind of help myself was uh, it, was, it was certainly solid yeah um, uh, what do you make of the, the title match for Double or Nothing being Mr. Brody versus John Moxley I mean okay I, 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 I'm I kind of conflicted on this in Same. that one okay, I think I I've kind of have three conflicting point of, points of view on this. One, I think it's a bit soon because he's only in a month or so. Um, I think it's a little bit soon. I would I'd like him to be built up a little bit more. On the second point, I like what he's they've been doing with him so far, mm-hmm. and and I'm kind of interested in a match between him and Moxie based on yeah. that. Uh, I think they could do some interesting stuff. I think the match probably would be good. Uh, and then point number three, I thought his promo here was absolutely horrendous. Really? Yeah, I thought it was awful. Hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't think much of it one way or the other, but... Um... I think he's much better uh, pre-taped in a, in a backstage uh, environment. Because here he came off as um, amateur theatre. Hmm, okay. It was very monotone. It was very forced. It, it didn't feel natural at all or believable. Oh, this is bad stuff. Um, I, I, I think I thought this to me felt a bit premature. But I think I think the important bit of context is, well, see, on the one hand, I want to say it's fine that this is maybe a lesser show because they shouldn't burn a big match in front of no crowd. But on the yeah. other hand, they're still charging full whack for this show. Um, so, uh, so I don't know. My gut kind of tells me that they probably, since it's not like a real, I thought a better way to split the difference would have been to do the Jericho rematch, but I guess, I guess they just didn't decide that. Mm. Um, Moxley to me feels a little direction. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um... Like, like he's not the focus of the show. No, you know, even though he's the world champion. Be, being away certainly didn't help, and um, 
and yeah, I, I would imagine that they are thinking a lot about the fact that look, we can't we can't just do our biggest angles possible with no people in attendance. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that's that's you know, eh, that's a that's a so so title match. So the um, the rest of the double or nothing card as we stand here three weeks away from it, it's uh, Moxley versus Brody Lee for the world title. We've got the TNT title final, Lance Archer versus Cody. We've got the... Uh, we're going to have some variety of women's title matches. There's a four-way next week that they were heavily implying would determine the top contender. Um, we've got Jungle Boy versus MJF. And we've got a... Instead of the Casino Battle Royale, we have the Casino Ladder Match, which... Sounds an awful lot like Money in the Bank to me. Um, yes. So they're going to do that, and the first participant they announced on, on social media is Darby Allen, which makes makes sense. Yeah, I'm in favor of that. Um, I think that's a solid card. Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a B. A B. Sure. Show, yeah. Outside of the Cody Archer, mate, I, I I would have that be the main event, honestly, because <laughs> that feels like the the focus of the show almost. Um, yeah, I like the Lance Archer match on on this as well, and then they brought the snake out and Jake nearly tripped on. Oh him. oh god, um, Jake snapping on the stake! Oh my, snapping on the stake! <laughs> <laughs> There's your episode title. Uh, Jake, Jake, step. On I'll the... have the sirloin, please, and snap on it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was yeah, and the the brandy thing was uh, whatever. It was what it was. Um, it was yeah. alright. But um, what else do we have on this show? Not a whole lot. Well, we had the main event. Sorry, we shouldn't shouldn't breeze past that. Yeah. The main event was Which was great crack. It was Le Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus uh, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy in a street fight. And this was great. They they brawl all over. Matt Hardy did his transforming gimmick where he came out in a in a in a you know a goofy broken outfit and then he brawled to the back and he came back in his Hardy Boys outfit and then later in the match he got dumped into an ice bucket uh, or a, an ice fridge and he ca- he came out of it as Damascus um you know whatever that was that was cute um they hit each other with a bunch of stuff they did some dives and all the other stuff and then they went to the back and and they they did a, a bunch of wacky shit where Kenny jumped off a cherry picker and. And they did the the now already infamous spot where where Kenny and Matt Hardy ran over Sammy Guevara in the uh, the golf cart. He took a hell of a bump. There's there's fair. so much about this that I love. First of all, he took a hell of a bump. It was great. Second of all, there's just the shot where he's running away from the golf cart is so good, and you've Kenny Omega hanging out of the window like a dog. Like doing that, like get him, yeah, yeah. Here we go, here we go. We're gonna get him, face. Oh, it was fantastic. It was like it was like the scene where they're being chased by the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Which who did the director of photography of that? The game uh, it was great, yeah, great, great, great stuff. And then they had like they eventually fought out to like beside the opening to the football stadium, yeah. and they had the inner circle on the scoreboard. 
like, who the fuck are these allowed fighting the actual... Like, presumably they weren't paid for the entire stadium. Well, they're not paying for any of it. Uh, the cons own it. Oh, I get... Okay, I was unaware. Yeah, that's that. the uh, the the Jaguars uh, the building. Okay, okay. I didn't put... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so... So I was like, how the fuck are they allowed about this? This is... Mental. Well, that's why, that's why they're... Um, okay. Because yeah, yeah. it's it's like even though they and WWE are permitted to do these shows, I don't know what the official rules are about. Like, can you just go to a venue and do this? Because both these companies are operating in their privately owned buildings, you know. Yeah. Um. So who knows? I mean, it's a little bit a little bit better optics to be able to fight in a football stadium than in a gym. But hmm. uh, good good for them. Uh, yeah, so that was a yeah. No, I, it was, it was a solid, uh, solid episode of Dynamite. Um, yeah. Uh, anyone, any interest at all in Money in the Bank tonight? Absolutely. All right. Well, <laughs> what are you? What are you feeling? What's the? What's the intrigue? Talk us through it. Uh, are they? They're having like ladder matches at the same time or something. Yes. I don't, yeah. Working? So they're doing the uh, the. Brawl from the bottom of the Titan Towers corporate building to the roof, and then on the roof there's going to be ladders in a ring, uh, and it's like finders keepers or something. Yeah, and so there's oh, there's great. two there's going to be the two briefcases at once. Yeah, so the men and the women are going to be brawling at the same time, um, and uh, yeah, so that's 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 kind of more intriguing than I mean uh, I don't think anyone here really gives a shit about who might win the match or anything at all like that. The rest of the show, or the rest of the card, looks like shite. Um, but that'll be fun. Tamina and Bailey. Can't wait. Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. Our <laughs> truth against MVP. Who? Our <laughs> truth against MVP. Jesus. Wait, what? MVP? <laughs> what? Are you still reading Power Slam? That's Paul? A- Jesus, MVP versus R Truth, Money in the Bank, two thousand and seven. That's Money in the Bank, anyway. Yeah, look, if it's if it's got some weird novelty value, we might watch it, and uh, next week we'll talk about it. But we'll see. I like how Jeff Hardy Cesaro is on the pre-show. Is that the one match you might have on the main show? The return match of Jeff Hardy? Yeah. But, uh... Um, did you watch Dark Side of the Ring? I watched the last two, because I was one behind. So I watched the, uh, the David Schultz one, and I watched the Herb Abrams yeah. one. Both very good, I thought. Yeah, they were both really good. Uh, Dr. D is quite the character. Yeah, and he was on um, Talking Shop last week. Really? What? <laughs> what a weird pairing. He was really good on that as well. Very interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was the Dave Schultz one I particularly liked. Uh, Herb Abrams one, I was kind of uh, somewhat aware of UWF through reading Mick Foley's autobiography back in the day, but I didn't really ever hear about the UWF or their story or Herb her hmm. Abrams. Even though I kind of uh, was very, very little familiar with the name uh, but yeah that, I mean even though I thought it was very good it, there wasn't much to it aside from that this lad was, was fucking bonkers um, there were two really good lines in it though um, 
he died what he he died doing what he loved cocaine and hookers <laughs> and then uh Mick Foley at the end like what do you think he'd be doing today if he was alive time <laughs> I thought they were both very very good lines but you know it, it was a little bit it was a little bit one note even though, even though it was good even though it was entertaining um there wasn't much to it per se yeah, yeah. I, I, I had, I, I was only familiar with the name as well. I hadn't, uh, I didn't know much. But yeah, that was fun. Um, a bit, yeah, kind of a bit more lightweight in, in, in that sense. Other than you know, he died. Um, but uh, yeah. So next week, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm too intrigued by this Road Warriors one. Um, you know. I mean, it's called the last ride of the Road Warriors, so it's going to be the Heidenreich and uh, <laughs> the Warrior version. Uh, my my concern is, or will is, have... is we're going to get more Russo and Cornette on this one, bickering about <sighs> whether or not it was funny to have whichever one of them had the alcoholism fall off the Titan Tron. Hawk. Yeah, and have draws in the team. Yeah. Oh, God. The third war, Road Warrior, um, yeah. Well that, well, that wasn't the Road Warriors, though. That was LOD. Oh, sorry, that was LOD, yeah. Um, um, and then, but then the week after that, we got the Owen Hart one. So, yeah, we'll see. I still need to go back and watch some of the season one ones. I've never watched the Savage and Elizabeth one, the Brody one, Gina Hernandez and Mula. So I, I'm missing four of the season one ones. I still need to catch. Up I, I I would uh, say the Brody one is the only really really essential one. I would say. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the Von Erichs one was tremendous. That's probably. Probably my favorite one so far. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a great series. I really, really enjoy it. Um. Yeah, and I think that's going to do it for our wrestle guff there this week. Um. Yeah. We can uh, call it there. We'll be back next week. Uh, you know, maybe with a money in the bank discussion. We'll see how. We'll see what the word of mouth is. I might check it out. Paul seems like he's going to check it out. Um. I'm watching it. Don't and, worry. Uh, maybe myself and Joe will check it out as well. Yeah, have a look. Have a look. We'll have an outlook. Uh, and, you know, back with, you know, Dynamite and all the other usual fun and games, all other lockdown media consumptions. I'll probably have a fucking Star Wars Episode 3 watch. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll call it there. Until then, check out ChairShotPodcast.com or at ChairShotPod on Twitter. And uh, we'll chat to you next week. So it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.